just have to give me a little minute to find my place. Here we go. I'm just going to pray again, if that's all right, because God's been laying some stuff on my heart this week, and I want to be able to communicate that right with you and uh, us to kind of move forward together. Lord Jesus, will you uh, come and touch our hearts this morning? Lord Jesus, we want to see you break through into our hearts, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, we're aware of the world that we live in, Lord. We're aware of broken people, Lord, people with mental health issues, Lord. We're aware with that sometimes even in our families and our friends, Lord, we fear that weight and that burden. But Lord Jesus, we know that you're the King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, we know that you are more powerful than all the giants in the land, Lord Jesus. And we want to worship you, Lord. We want to focus on you, the majestic one, this morning. Amen. Okay. Um, I'm going to start from um, some verses in 2 Samuel 5. You don't have to look them up, but they kind of frame what I'm going to say today. So I'm just going to read from verse 17. So let me, can I raise this a little bit? Let me see. Ah, there we go. Right, 2 Samuel 5, verse 17 says this. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel... All the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. And David came to Baal-perazim. And David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has burst through my enemies before me like a bursting flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal-perazim. And it's that word I want to start with today. Baal-perazim should be on the uh, first slide. Um, Which, if you translate it, it's got got the Lord breaks. And uh, for me, it's the Lord of breakthrough. It's the Lord of breakthrough. That's what God is to us, isn't he? He's the Lord of breakthrough. He's not the Lord of our mundane lives. He's not the Lord of regularity. He's the Lord that breaks through into our lives. He's the Lord that makes a difference to us. He's the Lord that we can trust. And uh, my heart today really is that we're excited and inspired by that Lord of breakthrough. I know it's a, it's a real privilege uh, worshipping here together. And we get to know each other's lives, don't we? We get to know sometimes the struggles that we have. We get to know the health needs that we have and how we long for God to break through sometimes, don't we? we? Even now, we can put one or two things in our mind. Maybe it's something that's coming up in our lives. Maybe it's a challenge we've got. Maybe it's a disappointment. Maybe it's a health issue. We long for that Lord of breakthrough, that Baal Perazim, don't we? To see him move, to see him change circumstances that we could never change. But he can. But he can. Amen? Okay, so I will now get to my um, uh, passage today. So please feel free to look up with me. And this is uh, in Acts 8. Um, Ollie served us really well last week talking about Philip uh, and uh, all the work that he did amongst the Samaritans. 
um, with uh, Simon the Magician, do you remember that? And the amazing things that were going on uh, in the previous part of Acts 8. But today we're at Acts 8, verse 26, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go towards the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. Now I'm going to just stop there for a moment because if you go from Jerusalem to Gaza, Gaza, as I looked up on the, a map, is actually where the Philistines were just above there. So if you're going from Jerusalem to Gaza, you're going to cross a place where David had a battle. You're going to go next to a place, the Mount of Baal-Perazim. Now maybe, as Philip was walking down that road, he didn't see that place. But you can imagine him, can't you? He'd seen amazing things happening in Samaria. And God had said to go down the desert road, where it's hot and dusty. He said to go south away from his friends in Jerusalem. And I wonder whether he just noticed Baal Perazim, the God that breaks through. Because I've seen God breaking through with Samaritans. I've seen healing. I've seen some amazing things happening. And now, now I'm on the desert road. We feel that sometimes, being on a desert road, don't we? Just sometimes we're on a desert road. Right, okay, so this is a desert place. There we go. I promise I won't stop after every verse, otherwise we'll be here a long time. So, verse 27. And he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah, and the spirit said to Philip, Go over. And join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before the shearer is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? And then Philip opened his mouth. mouth, And beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and he passed through. As he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. 
It's one of those passages in the Bible that I just love. I can still remember it being preached on when I was 17 and I heard a preacher talk about it. I can still remember that sermon because there's so much in here. And I know David, about six or eight weeks ago, referred to this in one of his sermons on Acts, didn't he? He talked about the Ethiopian, talked about his context, the fact he would be racially very different. But today I don't want to look at it from that perspective because there's so much that you can hear. I want to look at it from the perspective of what God says, of God's voice in this passage, of how God spoke in the passage. And I'm going to look at three parts in particular where I think God spoke in different ways. And the first two I'm going to just start looking at now. So the first one is in verse 26, and it says this, An angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go, go towards the south. So that was the first way that God spoke to Philip. And the second one, verse 29, says, and the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So there were two things there where God spoke into this situation. Now it's interesting because they seem very different to us. One was an angel, big clap of thunder, there was this huge 20-foot man, I don't know, man, woman, angel, I don't know, 20-foot person, was it 20-foot, I don't know, who spoke to him. And then the next one was to do with the Spirit said to Philip. So there's two very different things here. But interesting, commentators say, actually, they're much closer together than we think. In other words, both times here, God was speaking. It was God speaking to Philip. It's really interesting. If you look back at Ollie's passage, where those amazing things were happening in Samaria, it doesn't say, and God said. You don't hear the voice of God saying, right, okay, go down to Samaria and start preaching. But you do have it here. And this, sometimes, you know, it's, it's really interesting that God speaks in certain times and he doesn't in others. Doesn't he? I don't know if you found that in your life. That sometimes you hear the voice of God and you feel really confident about what you're doing. And other times you go and just do what you find yourself doing and God really blesses it. And it's strange in that way. But there's no doubt that here God was speaking very, very clearly to Philip. The other thing that I notice is this wasn't in church. This wasn't in a group of believers. This wasn't outside the synagogue when they were all being taught, was it? This was Philip hearing individually from God. This was him by himself. And it was, if you like, on the outside. It was in the marketplace. It was on the desert road where he heard it. And sometimes we hear God, don't we? We hear it in our congregation, which is brilliant. We hear a prophecy. God speaks. There's a picture. It's fantastic. But actually, the context of this was that God was speaking outside and he was speaking for a reason, the salvation of that one man. Okay. So, let me have a look at the first one of those. Go south. This is a clear word from God. Now, sometimes in our life where we hear clear words from God, we, we kind of get a real sense. God is saying this, and you know, somebody else will confirm it, and it's just so exciting. You think, I know what I'm doing. I know what God is saying at this time. It seems really clear. And it's interesting, sometimes in our life, we do actually need to be very clear about the word of God because it's actually going to be quite tough. We needed to hear that word to know that's what we should have been doing to know that's where we should be. We needed that confidence of the really clear 
word of God. And there are other times in Acts, a number of times. Let me just go, go through one here. Um, Acts 5, verse uh, 19 to 20. Again, you don't have to turn it up, but it says this. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out, the disciples, and brought them out and said, Go, stand in the temple, speak to the people the words of this life. Now, that was going to be tough. But it was very clear. An angel spoke to them, very similar kind of way, very clear way. And sometimes God speaks very clearly. It's really, really encouraging. God spoke to me really clearly this week. Um, And uh, this was by text. Somebody sent me a really encouraging text. I thought I'd just read it to you as an example of when God speaks clearly. This was from Pete Pemberthy. Some of you may know him. He's he's come here, hasn't he, Um, maybe a few years ago to minister. And he says, uh, he's from our previous church in Ashford. He said, was praying for you this morning just to let you know that God is with you. That was really encouraging. Okay, I had a picture of a loud, fast train wandering through a station. You can imagine, can't you? That station, really real noise because the train is coming through. And I felt God say, don't take any notice of the train coming to the station. Listen through the noise to the announcement of the tannoy system. It will speak to you in the quiet background, even when people are shouting and kicking up a stink. Go with the quiet, still voice of God. That's lovely, isn't it? You know, when life is difficult, when it's crowding around you, that encouragement to say, come on, just take out the noise and listen to the quiet, still voice of God. And that's been really encouragement to me this week and will continue to be an encouragement. But that's nice and clear, isn't it? I got that. I can see that. They come from somebody from outside. They didn't know what was going on. It's really nice, clear word of God. And it will encourage me to be um, persevering and listening to God as I go through my week. And it's really good to hear those. It's interesting. Um, Commentators feel that when Philip met that Ethiopian... He was actually, you remember he was going from Jerusalem to Gaza, he was actually closer to Gaza than he was at Jerusalem. So he'd been going down this desert road. In fact, he'd got hot. He'd walked and he'd walked and said, why have I left the Samaritans? It was great there. Did you see what God was doing? Why have I left that? Why have you said, all right, I'll keep going in the desert road, getting hot, going through the heat of the day, walking down that desert road. Why am I doing this? And actually it was felt that he didn't meet the Ethiopian until he was quite near Gaza. So he needed that perseverance. He needed that determination to keep going before we see that moment where God breaks in. Before we see that moment that God breaks in. Okay. This is the bit that I'm slightly concerned about. I just got a sense that maybe it'd be really good. Good. Please, Lord. Has anybody got a word now that they feel God's saying? Because it's good just not just to give kind of anecdotal stories, but is there anything they think God's saying? Maybe to a group of us, maybe to the church? Anybody got a word, a prophetic word? Brilliant. Do you want to just say that again so everybody, because I, I heard you. That's fantastic. Thank you, Wally. The Lord's laid on my heart that we need to really seek his face. Mighty things happen in this place that we can go into the world and make a difference for him. 
Without him, we can't do it. We need his spirit to move in a fresh way in this place and encourage each one of us. That's really nice, isn't it? A nice clear word, an encouragement. Notice how, how it's positive. It's upbuilding, isn't it? The word from God. That's really good. And encouraging us. Oh, we've got another one, have we? I thought we might. Go on. Go on, Steve. It's yeah. my friend, Steve. Yeah. Hi, Steve. I, I was, um, yeah, we've had a lot of rain in the last few days. And um, uh, I, I would never want to do some jobs that have been done this last week. But uh, I wouldn't want to be a farmer in the rain. And uh, I was thinking about planting of seeds a little bit this week. I do a bit of gardening myself. But I was thinking about planting of seeds and what it must be like for a farmer once you've planted the seeds and then the rain comes. It must be quite um, exciting to know that the seeds are going to germinate. But it must be quite a worry also if there's a lot of rain to see the seeds getting washed away. Um, I think it's that, that, that... yearning, that desire that you were just talking about, to say, yes, God send the rain, but enough rain for what we need, and yeah. not, don't, don't drown us. And I think there's sometimes, <laughs> sometimes there's a fear about being washed away with the excitement of life and the worries and the troubles of life. But I think the prayer is, God send us the rain to germinate the seeds, Amen. but not enough that we're washed away. Fantastic. Thank you, Steve. Oh, we've got another one. There we go. Lord, I was praying for one, and God is multiplying. This is brilliant. I was, yeah, I was going to um, share it before worship at some point, but I'll share it now. But um, I was cleaning my kitchen this week, which doesn't always happen that often. <laughs> um, uh, and it was one of the things that I'd started cleaning one bit, and then I was like, oh, this is also really dirty, so I can't clean this bit. And it was while well, I was cleaning the kitchen cupboards that are painted white, and if, from a distance they might look kind of white. Um, but as you get close up and you kind of scrub, you see all the little different dots of dirt or bits of food that when you've been cooking. Um, and I just felt God remind me and challenge me that when Jesus died on that cross, we our sins were forgiven and we were washed whiter than snow. We were cleansed, we were purified. But just because we've become Christians, because we've accepted that, doesn't mean um, we're we're like that. We're white. To- the whole time that actually we need to keep coming back to him daily for him to cleanse us from all those bits of dirt from the world from sin from little bits that just get spattered onto us and they can be really subtle and really small and easy to think that they're not even there and from a distance you can't necessarily see them but yeah just to keep coming in his presence to to get that washed again Mm. and that's brilliant again isn't it because it's an encouragement it's focusing on jesus um it's really talking about about him. Right, I'm going to go on quickly, otherwise I won't get anything said, will I? That's brilliant. Fantastic, isn't it? When God speaks clearly, it's just wonderful, isn't it? It's just, just brilliant. And uh, we'll come back to some of those in some of the other things I'm saying. Okay, so that was my context of verse 26, which was rise and go towards the south. But if we look at verse 29 from there, and the Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join the chariot. It's a different kind of thing, isn't it? I, I feel a, bit, a little bit of a nudge. It's a kind of, go on, go on, go over there. Yeah, but that's, it's, it's an Ethiopian eunuch, somebody who's very different to me, they're in a chariot, and I'm, no, 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 go on, just go over there. It's that little nudge of God, isn't it? And we feel that sometimes, don't we? Just, just God just nudging us. It's not necessarily a go and do this. It's a kind of, oh, well, should I just, just go over here and talk to this person? As I'm talking to the, and you're talking to somebody, you might find a little nudge, a question you should ask them, a little encouragement. Maybe it's a nudge to pray for somebody. 
a little nudge of God. And you can just sense this with spirit, with um, Philip here, can't you? Go over and join this chariot. Just, just go over there. And, and as soon as he got there, the opening came, didn't it? As soon as he got there, he heard what the Ethiopian eunuch was saying. And he just asked that very simple question, do you know what you're reading? And then it went from there, didn't it? Just that very simple idea, the nudge of God. And how we need to be a people who are sensitive to the nudge of God. Whether that's in schools or colleges, whether that's with your friends and relatives, whether that's when you're in the Sainsbury's queue um, or the Tesco's queue, just, just being aware of the nudge of God and what he's doing with us. It does, both of these, though, raise a question. And the question is, how do we know that God's speaking? Because we could feel a nudge, and we could think, oh, is that a nudge, or is that the curry I had last night? Actually, it was a Chinese, wasn't it? Very good Chinese. But was that the Chinese I had? How do we know that it's God speaking? And particularly when we get to those kind of prophetic, those clear words of God, how do we know that's of God, not just from us or from somewhere else? How, how do we know that? How do we have the confidence to speak out? How do we have the confidence to respond? I, um, I thought, okay, let, let, let me give you an example of a, of a word I do not have. Although maybe I will at the end. Let's say I have a picture, because some of us, when we hear from God, we have pictures. I have a picture of Mick in a Superman outfit. And I think, do you know what? I think next week Mick should come in a Superman outfit to church. Now that could be a picture I have. What test should I be doing to see if that's right? Why do I want Mick to come in a Superman outfit? I think it'd be quite funny. I quite like the idea. Because I'd like to see him stand up the front in a Superman outfit. Because I'd like to see what the kids think and whether they would laugh at him as well. Is that me trying to put him down? Is, 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 is it me and my own kind of selfish ambition? Or is it a prophetic thing? I think, ah, Superman, that's all to do with flying in the spirit. Or is that just a bit ridiculous? Are people going to think, you can say what you want about it, Bob, but that's not really a demonstration. You know, that's, that's the, sometimes we get strange pictures and ideas, don't we? And we say, how do we, how do we cope with this? How do we work out whether this is from God? And dare I say it, whether it's helpful to share or not. I don't know if that's very helpful for you, Mick, but anyway, I'm still thinking of you in a, in a, it's, it's all in my mind now. Um, Jack Deere, uh, in his voice, surprised by the voice of God, says this. Beside the voice of God, there are at least three other voices that speak to us. The voice of our emotions. Sometimes our emotions are what we hear. We're, we're, we've got that emotional response to things. Sometimes the voice of darkness, the voice of the devil or his demons, sometimes that speaks in. Sometimes it's the voice of pressure we feel from family, friends and others. And we could add lots of other voices, couldn't we? that come in sometimes. And how do we know that it's not one of those that comes and speaks to us? Particularly when it's just a nudge. Is that a nudge to go towards that person? Or is there another reason that I'm walking towards them? Interestingly, in our, our book, um, I took it off the shelf, Jack Deere's book, Surprised by the Voice of God, and my wife's edited that, that thing because she didn't, didn't think that was quite enough. And she wrote in there, um, what about selfish ambition? Because it's true. Sometimes our, we, we, 
we want to say something because we feel it's important. We feel our voice should be heard. We feel that, that actually we should be doing this because we, it's, it's about us. And we know that, listen to the voice of God, it's not about us, is it? This part of Philip here wasn't about Philip. This was about God. It was his voice that was speaking. It was him that was prompting. It was Jesus, through the Spirit, who was speaking to Philip. It was the voice of God. And so, in a way, we want to have a way of trying to filter out those other things. And I'm going to just give you... There are many, many ways. I'm sure you can talk about this in, um, in growth groups. There are many ways uh, of doing that. Um, but I'm just going to give two suggestions. First of all, we have to match it with Scripture, don't we? We have to match it with Scripture. You have to look at Scripture. So does it fit in with Scripture? Does ridiculing Mick fit in with Scripture? Well, it's a little bit like Balaam and the donkey, so it might be all right. No, no, no. Is, is that, does that fit in with Scripture? Does it fit in? How does it fit in? No, I don't think it does, particularly, personally. But how does it fit in? Does it, is it encouraging? Is it upbuilding? And the second one, and this is a, a, vo- a, a verse that I really like, is John 10, 27. And John 10, 27 says this, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. So as we abide in Jesus, as we spend time with him, we will learn to hear his voice, because he's our father, and we spend time with him. It's a voice that we're used to. You think of the voice of your mother or your father. You're used to the voice. You could hear that anywhere around the house and you got used to it because you spent time with your mother or your father. I mean, when you heard the voice of your mother or your father, you might have thought, no, can't hear. <laughs> you may well have been ignoring it, but you knew the voice. And it's the same with our father. We learn to hear our father's voice. But yes, we need to balance it with scripture. Yes, we need to check our emotion and our ambition, but we need to learn to hear the voice of God. And maybe, if you sense God speaking and you're maybe slightly new to it and you're not quite sure, maybe it's worth just asking somebody. Say, well, look, I had this idea. I think it might be from God. Will you pray with me with it? I've got this idea. Mick, Superman, Sue, what do you think? And somebody may go, look, Bob, you got that one wrong. Or they may say, oh, let's pray about it. Let's see what it is. Do you know what? Maybe, maybe it is a good idea but maybe it should be a Batman outfit. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, maybe it should be something else. Who knows what it should, you know, what, what is God saying at this time? Maybe they will uh, encourage you and adjust you, but that would be good because God speaks, doesn't he? Not just to me. It's not just about what I hear. It's about what we hear and hearing the voice of God. Right. Um, I'm going to give you a, a little example of this and it uh, takes a little while to get here, but I think it's, it's worth saying. George Muller. Uh, many of you will know George Muller. Uh, in the 1800s, uh, a fantastic man of God, church leader, and somebody who um, uh, really uh, built orphanages at the time. There was a huge issue with uh, orphans and the way that they were being treated. Um, it was kind of it, there was a gap in the legal um, uh, rules of the day that meant that the author, orphans were treated terribly badly. And he, his main thing was that he trusted God. He trusted God for money. He felt God say to him, and it's not for all of us, but he felt God say to him, as a, a church leader, he should never take a wage, but there'd be a box at the back of the church, and whatever money went in there, he would take, and that God would provide for him. So that was his word from God. Um, and this is a little story about his life. I just want to refer 
briefly to a couple of things here. I asked the Lord repeatedly for money, but when I came home, my wife, uh, home, my wife had only about three shillings left, having received nothing. We waited still upon the Lord. Yesterday passed, and no money came. We had nine pence left. This morning, we were still waiting on the Lord and looking for deliverance. We only had a little butter left for breakfast, sufficient for Brother E and a relative living with us, to whom we didn't mention our circumstances that they might not feel uncomfortable. So had somebody with them, didn't want to mention they didn't have any money, so made sure that they had breakfast, didn't want them to feel uncomfortable. After the morning meeting, Brother Y most unexpectedly opened the box. So somebody from the church opened the box. He wouldn't open the box, but the box with the money, the offering in it, he would, uh, went and opened the box. And in giving me quite an unexpected, uh, money at an unexpected time, we praised God. He told me, and this is the bit I want to point out, he told me that he and his wife, so the man that opened the box, not George Miller, the man that opened the box, that he and his wife could not sleep last night on account of thinking that we might want money. So it's interesting. The little nudge of God to them was, you can't sleep. Now, there are times, I'm sure, when most of us here wake up in the middle of the night. But it's interesting. Maybe God is just nudging you at that time to say, why don't you do this? Sometimes God speaks to me at that time, right in the middle of the night, about things. Maybe that's the time. But that's a little nudge of God, wasn't it? It was a, a strange nudge because it meant that they couldn't sleep. But it meant they were doing uh, God's work. And then um, George Muller says this, Our joy on account of this fresh deliverance was great, and we praised God heartily. It's amazing how God looks after and how he speaks, sometimes by a little nudge. Okay, so we've looked at Go South, the very clear indication when God speaks. We've looked at the little nudge of the Spirit, and the last one, there's a time when God shouts. And this, I love. I just I love this bit of scripture. Verse 39 says this. And when they came out of the water, the Spirit of God carried Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus. So there, there imagine, down into, the, down into the water, they come up, and Philip's gone. He's gone. And he goes to Azotus. Now, if he was close to Gaza, Azotus is about 30 miles away. So something miraculous has happened there, hasn't it? This isn't your everyday thing. This is amazing. And just sometimes, God just breaks in in an amazing way. He does more than we can ask or imagine. He breaks into situations and does things. He does things that are miraculous. He is the king of the universe. He put everything into place. Of course he can do it. But there are times when he does that. And I know if I went round the room, I won't now, because we will be going round the room for the whole meeting. There'll be one or two, or a number here, who could say, do you know what? When I was 15, I still remember that time when God did amazing things. When I saw the amazing healing. When I saw God break in. And in this time, God moved him from one place to another. I don't know why. Didn't frighten the Ethiopian because he went on praising God, so he was great. Interestingly, have you seen Philip's response? If you look at Philip's response, he just went on preaching all the way until he got to Caesarea. So he didn't lie on the floor going, oh my word, I've just moved 30 miles, can you believe it? 
He just got on with what God had called him to do. But boy, he must have had some faith after that. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't that have, have struck you? Wouldn't you have a testimony to tell people about that? And we should expect that, yes, there are times when God speaks to us clearly, when God gives a little nudge and responds to them. But we should also be open to that time when God just shouts, when there are just some amazing things that he does. Let's not put God in a box. Okay, so I just want to finish by um, looking at the passage of scripture that the Ethiopian eunuch was reading. So he was reading a passage from the prophet Isaiah. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. Like a lamb, before its shearer is silent. So he opens not his mouth, and in his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation, for his life is taken away from the earth? Now this fray, this, this, this passage here, he um, would not necessarily understand. In fact, the Jewish um, rabbis of the day wouldn't necessarily understand this in context. We understand it because we know this is pointing to Jesus, the Lamb of God, don't we? When we read it, we say, of course that's talking about Jesus. But they wouldn't have known that. Now, the Ethiopian was probably what they call a God-fearer, i.e. he was a man who had some respect for the Jewish religion. He would have gone to Jerusalem to learn and to hear things. And here we see that this passage comes up, which is obviously about Jesus, but he wouldn't have understood it. And there's that opportunity there for, him to, for Philip to open up. It says in Acts 8, verse 5, Philip opened his mouth. Always a good way to start talking to people about Jesus, opening your mouth. And beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. I wonder what he said. I wonder how he got from that scripture. 1 Peter 1, 18 to 19 says this, Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without spot or blemish. And the picture in the Old Testament, isn't it, is of the lamb that was slain for sins, wasn't it? It was a, a sin offering. That was the picture from the Old Testament. But here, Philip was making that link with Jesus, that he died for our sins. He died for our mess. He died for what we've done wrong. He died for our independence. And he linked that then with new life in Jesus. That he could have faith in Jesus by walking towards him, by saying no to what, what he'd done wrong, and by walking with Jesus, by giving his life to Jesus. And this is what this passage is about, isn't it? This is what the nudge of God is about. This is what the shout of God is about. This is what the amazing um, movement from one place to another is about, really. It's about focusing on this one man and seeing him come to faith in Jesus, and seeing him be transformed. And there's some great stories, um, all apocryphal, I think, of what he might have done when the Ethiopian went back to Ethiopia or Sudan, as it probably was then. Because, of course, there was an Ethiopian church that has gone all the way through, isn't there? A very old Ethiopian church. And it may well be he was the seed to that. I have to say, he wasn't discipled very much. Just got baptised and on, get on with it. 
But that's what this passage is about. And I think, you know, when we're thinking about hearing from God, yes, it's so good to encourage one another, isn't it? So good to have a charismatic worship where we are hearing from God. We're speaking out what we feel God says. But it's also so important that actually here it's about meeting Jesus. It's about God prompting us ways in which we can open up those conversations. We can be in the right place at the right time. You know, Jesus is our Baal Perizim. He is the God that breaks through, isn't he? He's broken through in our lives. He died on the cross so that my sins could be taken away. But not only that, that I can have new life and abundant life in him. Because he's broken through. He's broken through eternally in me. But he also is our Baal Perizim because he breaks through in our life day in, day out, doesn't he? And we, our heart, as two of those prophecies were very much, our heart is to see him more and more breaking through. We want to be that charismatic people in the wind of his spirit that are seeing him break through more and more. Amen? Amen. Thank you. I don't know if the uh, band will, uh, would like to come up. I'd just, if you'd like to stand, I just think it'd be good to pray. Let's just stand together. I'm just going to yeah, just ask God to come down. And maybe for you in the front of your mind, there's um, a sense of breakthrough that you need. Maybe it's in a situation. Maybe it's in a person. Maybe it's in health. And if that's you, maybe just put your hands out in front, front of you. Just, just receive um, from God because he is the God that breaks through. He is. He really is. He doesn't forget his children. He doesn't say, oh, just work with the special ones. He breaks through into our lives. He is our Baal Perizim. Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here this morning. Come touch, come wind of your spirit, come move through, come bless and encourage, come touch, come Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. Come, Jesus. Now, I just pray for that sense of breakthrough, Lord. Breakthrough in health now, Lord Jesus. Breakthrough, Lord. Breakthrough in health, Lord Jesus. And families, Lord Jesus. Broken families, Lord. We're all part of. Lord, will you break through? Will you break through in our families, Lord Jesus? Will we see people come to know you and rejoicing, Lord? We break through in mental health, Lord Jesus. Those around us who struggle so much. Will you break through, Lord? Will you break through, Jesus? Will you break through? Break through, Lord God. Break through. Break through, Jesus. And I pray that you break through in healing as well, Lord Jesus. You break through physically, Lord Jesus, in our bodies and our people what we pray for regularly. You break through, Lord Jesus. And you break through. Break through, Lord God. Break through, Jesus.